Now at our carol services uh, this year, we've been looking at how to have a happy Christmas. And Christmas can be one of the happiest times of the year, can't it? You think of that big jolly man going around laughing, you get all the presents, you get the great food. Well, mostly great food, don't you, depending on whether you like sprouts and dry turkey. Um, But Christmas can be a great joy, can't it? It can be a really happy time. But it can also be a sad time as well. The nights drawing in can have quite an effect on on people. You get seasonal affective disorder with that wonderfully appropriately uh, named acronym SAD. And uh, apparently it affects one in 15 people, according to the NHS. Uh, According to a popular newspaper, it's one in three. So somewhere between between there, probably somewhere in the middle. But then there's all the stats that you don't mention, aren't they? There's no need to mention about how hard people can find Christmas time. It can be a lonely time uh, for some of us. But I'm sure for most of us, it's more happy than it is sad. But how can we have a happier Christmas this year? Well, last Sunday evening at our traditional carol service, we looked at, at two R's that can help us have a happy Christmas, relax and relate. And this morning, we're going to think about two others, receive and reflect. So first of all, receive. This Christmas, if you want to have a happy Christmas, receive. I've always found it hard to receive things. Uh, even as a child, I would find it really hard to, to get expensive presents. You know, I was, I was one of those ones that sort of used to dread getting really expensive things. I'd just prefer something a, a bit small. And it always seemed to be a little bit wrong. You know, as I wanted to give it back or, or maybe, I, you know, I could pay back for it. If I could just get enough pocket money, you know, to pay back. Uh, now, obviously, a 10-year-old, there's not enough pocket money really to pay back your parents, is there? But I found it really hard to receive presents. I don't know if it's just me. I come and tell me afterwards if you share the same thing. But it's really difficult to receive something big when you can't give something back. But one of the joys at Christmas is to receive. Not to, to focus on the manic present buying, but actually thinking about what we receive at Christmas time. Sometimes we focus so much more on what we bought for other people, we forget to enjoy what they've actually bought for us. I think this is true. I think, for example, you're more likely to remember what you bought your partner or your mother or your, your father or your children last year, uh, what you bought them, rather than what they bought you. Just have a sort of think about it. You probably remember some of the things you bought, but how much do you remember what they bought for you? Actually, we don't take time, do we, just to receive and to be thankful for what we get. We so often focus on the giving, we forget about the receiving. But we receive so much more than presents, don't we, at Christmas time? We receive from those around us. One of the great privileges for those of us who have family to spend Christmas with is that time we spend with them. I know it's not possible for everyone. uh, And I know that actually for some of us, actually time with family can be more stress uh, than it can joy. But when it works well, it can be wonderful, can't it? We can receive from the people around us their love, their care, their appreciation. But the greatest thing that we can receive this year isn't a present, it's a person. We have this read in uh, our reading from John. It said, he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus came into our world, and that's what we remember at Christmas time. But his own people didn't receive him. When he came to his own... They sent him away. The king of his own people, King Herod, tried to kill him before he was not much older than a toddler. All the way through his ministry, his own people rejected him. 
until eventually they got him nailed to a Roman cross. But our reading has hope, doesn't it? It says, but to all who did receive him, to all who welcome him, he gives the right to become part, uh, become children of God, part of his family. You see, at the heart of the gospel message, the good news is a family. Christ doesn't just offer us forgiveness for our wrongdoing, though he does. He doesn't just offer us a place in heaven, though he does. Christ offers us a place in his family. Adoption into God's family. A family that we experience on earth through church. That's why we often call ourselves a church family. Brothers and sisters, all in the family together. And just like any family, we receive that as a gift. Let me put it this way. You can't earn yourself into a family. There's no amount of money that you can pay to get into a family, is there? There's no amount of good deeds you can do to become part of a family. It's a gift. And the reward, in a big way, is to be part of that family, to be adopted into God's family. To have God as our father, to come under his fatherly care. And to enjoy a real meaningful relationship with him. To experience his love. That's the greatest gift God can offer, isn't it? Himself. And that's what he offered when he came into the world. But how did we treat him when God came into the world? Well, we, like his own, rejected him. We'd not receive him. We crucified him. And yet, God still holds out that offer of a relationship with him. We didn't welcome him, but he still welcomes us. It's what the Bible calls grace. Grace is when we get something that we don't deserve. Something that we can't earn. We receive it as a gift. Could you imagine on on Christmas morning a child uh, turned around and tried to offer to pay for the presents? You know, oh, uh, that's a lovely present. Can I have a look at the receipt, see how much it costs? It wouldn't happen, would it? By definition, a gift is something that you cannot earn. Otherwise, it's not a gift, is it? It's your wages. It's uh, something that, some form of payback, isn't it? And there's no love involved in wages, is there? Those of us who have worked know that there's no love involved in wages. But there is love in a gift. John, the author who wrote uh, that passage we had read before, also wrote this in one of his letters. He said, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. It's to do with God's love towards us. That's what Christmas is about. And we need to receive the gift that God has sent us by sending Jesus into the world. And ultimately sending Jesus to the cross. And you know, even Christians can forget that uh, time and again. We make it all about what we give to God. Really, when it's actually God who gives to us. Let me put it this way. What would you buy God for Christmas? Right? Think about it. He's got everything, hasn't he? He's like the nightmare person to buy a present for. You know, he's got everything. God doesn't need anything from us. It's not that we give to God. Actually, he is the giver. What we do is enjoy what he gives to us. So can I encourage you this year to receive, rather than fretting about too much about what you're giving? Actually, God has given us the most amazing gift at Christmas time. And then secondly, can I encourage you to reflect? Christmas can be a busy time, can't it? You know, there's the work dues, 
There's the family. There's the presents buying. My kids have just started school, so we've now got all the things that go on at school, the Christingle and the Nativity Play and all the, the Christmas discos and all those sorts of things. And then there's a prep for the Christmas meal. Sorry if I'm stressing anybody out here. <laughs> You've still got one day, haven't you? You've got tomorrow to, to get ready. But um, it can be relentlessly busy, can't it, over the Christmas period. But can I suggest you build in some time this Christmas to reflect, to think, if you want to have a happy Christmas. I want you to think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Christmas is a time of year when that big T word comes in, doesn't it? Tradition. Why are we doing this? Well, because we've always done it. That's how it's done. Uh, Tradition can be a good friend, can't it? But it can be a horrible taskmaster. I remember a few years ago watching a Victoria Wood Christmas special. And she was talking about her first Christmas with the in-laws. Some of us will share this experience. First Christmas with the in-laws. And she was dragged out of bed at two o'clock on Christmas Day morning. And what are we doing? Look, we're getting up at two o'clock to open the presents. That's what we always do at Christmas. It's a tradition. And then, you know, after Christmas tea, they're made to dance around the the Christmas tree uh, and then watch the Queen's speech with a glass of sherry. Well, it's tradition. That's how we always do it. Why not think through what you do at Christmas time this year? Forget what you usually do. How would you like to spend Christmas Day? How would you actually like to spend Christmas? How could you add a bit more joy into your Christmas day? What new traditions could you start this year to make your Christmas a bit less stressful and a bit more joyful? Think through why you do what you do. But then also uh, think through why you're doing what you're doing in the big picture thing, in the big picture. It's not an accident that all these things have to happen this sort of time of year. Sure, the date might be a little bit arbitrary and more based on the winter solstice, but the meaning, the reason behind the season is still there. There's a reason, for example, that this is a celebration and not a time of mourning. I, for one, am quite happy that this happens in uh, midwinter, because winter actually needs a bit of sprucing up, doesn't it? It needs the candles, it needs the brightness, it needs the joy, because it can be downright depressing, can't it, at points? But there's a reason for the celebration. So as you celebrate, as you do actually enjoy Christmas, think about why you're celebrating. Enjoy your Christmas, really enjoy it. But take time to reflect on why we're encouraged to enjoy Christmas. And if you think you don't have time over Christmas because it's so busy, remember that crimbo limbo I talked about earlier. It's the five-day gap between Christmas and New Year. There was an advert about it last year. It said this, There are five little days spent in a gravy haze that happened between Christmas and New Year. The big day was fun, but stick a fork in you, you're done. You're feeling a dip in festive cheer. That's the crimbo limbo, that break between Christmas and New Year. And you think you're really busy now, but actually you'll be bored by halfway through Boxing Day, won't you? Let's face it, we all have that time. Looking what's on the telly, and, oh, well, I'll settle for that film because there's nothing really on. Why not use that time instead, just a bit of that time, to think about bigger things. Think about the important things, like the things that we've talked about this morning. Because Christmas is good news. It's a wonderful time of great joy. It's when Jesus came into our world to be our saviour, our rescuer, to bring light to the darkness, to bring peace where there's conflict, to give us the opportunity to become children of God, to join his family. 
So take some time to reflect on that this Christmas time. 